Coming from Charm City, I'm Anthony. And I'm Cece. And this is Lit. Pop. Bang. So, hey. Hey, Hello, welcome back. Hello, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome it's back. been welcome a while. Back. Welcome back to us both. For, to yeah. you, to me, to our listeners. Yeah, it's been a while since we've talked. We haven't talked a lot during yes. lockdown, except for podcast stuff. And podcast stuff's been sort of in the air the last few months so it's good it to hear been. from you first of all let me say the fact that you use the word lockdown yeah is, is i've been hearing a lot of people use lockdown lockdown always reminds me of incarceration i don't know yeah anyway, it might be a little bit dramatic problematic language it, you're right it is it is <laughs> we, we we haven't been incarcerated we've just been on stay at home keep yourself safe and when you go out mask up sort of orders yeah I guess. it's it's relatively nice when you think about incarcerated people but it's still been miserable it has um been. yeah and it has I'm, been. I'm glad that we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel yes and that we've come back we've come back into the world we're now Speaking to all our Lip Pop Bang listeners, and we're sorry that we were gone for such a long time. We seemed like we were in a little bit of a, I don't know, a hiatus, but, but we didn't tell you we were taking a hiatus. We probably should have left a note. We probably should have said, hey, right, right. I like that. be back soon. I, li- I, like, I like, gone to the grocery store, we'll be right back. We probably yeah. should have done that. Yeah, yeah. we missed yeah. you, though. We didn't mean we to did. leave you hanging. We we're excited to be back uh, in yeah. your ears. Um, yeah, and, and I'm excited so to talk to stuff- you, Cece. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you. There's so much there's so much stuff going on. And and now that it appears that uh, the veil is lifting on the country a little bit now that vaccinations are out. Uh, Lots of stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited to, you know, things are not going to be sudden, but we're the slow return of the world has me very, very excited. And you're vaccinated. Um, I'm not. I am. I'm fully vaccinated. Two weeks past second shot. It's, um, you know, we're still being careful. We're like, just like everything else, we're easing back. We're following CDC recommendations, but it is, you know, it's a relief. It's a relief to, to be there and see everyone else slowly getting there too. It's, it's, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel for sure. Yeah, well, I'm not vaccinated, but my parents have been, and I'm very excited um, to eventually not I'm not rushing to do it, but eventually be able to see them and know um, kind of that they're protected, you know. And yeah. uh, you know, my parents, I'm black. My parents are black. People are getting black. People are getting vaccinated. Praise the praise yeah. the Lord. Yeah, super exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah you because know? of like a history of medical racism, like exactly. people were worried they wouldn't. But Exa- I don't know if you that's saw why, the news. Yeah, that's why I brought it up. That's why I brought it up. I don't know if you saw that recent stats, but um, that sort of assumption that people of color, black people in particular, would be less likely. um, That's not panning out. Like, uh, it looks like white people and black people are equally uh, willing or Equally getting vaccinated. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that the actual stats are that showing that it's equal. Yeah, Yeah. that's that. That I'm glad for. Um, there, there. I, I feel like there was a lot of talk. There was a lot of phobia. Um, I feel like you know we saw a lot of uh, celebrities and and political people. You know, um, uh, people of color coming out and saying that I'm doing this to show people. You know what I'm saying? That it's okay. That it's you know what I'm saying? Because like you said, the long medical history of uh, <laughs> of everything with people of color in relation to yeah. um, being used for test trials and all kinds of things like that. You know, really had a lot of people worried. So I am glad. Yeah, um, me you too. know what I'm saying? I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad I to think hear like, that. Yeah. I think that that stat might be about willingness or uh, all things equal, but we do, of course, still see disparities uh, across yeah. like class lines in Yo, particular. We see, we see disparities state to state. 
I mean, you understand. I mean, which is even, you know, I mean, it's kind of crazy. Even county to city we're seeing, uh, you know, it's really odd how this rollout is happening. I I won't get into the politics of it, but I'm just, you know what I'm saying? I was like. I was like, you know, why why does it seem like Republican states are uh, got, got more doses of vaccines? Um, you know, the the numbers, the, the age limits for people were lowered. And I don't know. You know, wh- what do I know? It's not, I'm not going to call it a conspiracy. I'm just going to say it's a little strange. Rollout has been broken for sure. And a lot of stats are showing Maryland, where we both live, uh, yeah doing comparatively pretty bad, like near the bottom of the list. Yeah. Um, And that can be real frustrating for sure. For people, right. For the city in general. Yeah. Especially the city, you know, like we're, you know, we're one of two concentrated areas in the state, uh, two or three. And um, I think we're, you know, because you can get your vaccine uh, where you work or where you live. um, Right. Uh, there's been a lot of research from journalists and, and medical researchers about how um, who's actually percentage wise getting vaccinated. And I think the vast majority of vaccines in Baltimore City have not gone to city residents. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, and then there's the South Park vaccination episode where, uh, you know, <laughs> where we could see we could see young people, as we know, have happened actually here in real life. Young people dressing up as old people trying to get vaccinated. <laughs> so there, so, there, so there's the comedic take on 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 the uh, disparity and the unfortunate uh, low numbers that are happening here in the city. But, you know, I mean, I, I'm making I'm making a joke, but in, in all actuality, um, it is unfortunate that. Um, you know, Maryland's uh, lagging behind. Yeah, it's super of, frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Um, so but I'm glad I'm glad that it's moving forward, even if it's moving forward uh, not in the way we want. And I'm glad that we're making that slow return. And I, you know, I hope my community is fully vaccinated and uh, thriving again very soon. Yes, we we both hope the same thing. Speaking yeah. of thriving and vaccinated and 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 moving forward, one of the things that um, hasn't changed this year, but will uh, will change next year, hopefully, is AWP. AWP was virtual this year. Yeah, let's talk about AWP. Yep. Um, neither of us went, right? Did you go? Right. Let's. I didn't. I didn't. I, I I hate to say it, but I I didn't go. I, yeah, I me was, neither. And yeah. you, we've talked about this before. You were sort of like you've always been like um, a mixed bag on AWP. You're like, I gotta go. I know I have some. Good times. Yeah. I don't know if I'm yeah. looking forward to it though. And I've been, but, and I've also been a lot. I mean, I mean, yeah. honestly, to be to be to be honest, um, even before I was officially, um, quote unquote, if I don't know if there's if there's a way to be officially in the industry, I don't know. Anyway, you know the point. Let's just say even before I ever published a book, um, yeah. I had I had been I had gone to AWP a number of times. So I'm kind of a veteran in a in a weird way. I don't say that a lot, but I'm kind of a I'm kind of a veteran of AWP. So yeah, I do always kind of have mixed feelings about it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But it's, I've it's, it's, always loved it. I've always been yeah. like, let's do this. It's AWP season. Yeah. Let's go. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're into the, you're into the shoe, the shoe porn. You're into the, you know, <laughs> you, <laughs> I don't know if we can, we, maybe that's the in, inappropriate, but anyway, you're into fa- AWP fashion. You're into, yeah. you know what I'm saying? The sights and the seasons. You love it. I do. I love all the parts of it. I love, I do love the fashion. I love you going out and, and seeing other writers. Uh, I right. love the social aspect of it. I right. love, you know, it's often forgotten about because it's such a big to do, but I love the learning part of it. I love um, going to sessions and learning new things and getting yeah. people perspectives about stuff yeah. that I actually care about. Um, yeah. 
And so I yeah. love conferences for all those reasons, but particularly yeah. AWP. Um, it's such yeah, a good for time. Me, for me, for me, sometimes there's, there, you know, there's anxiety around it, but, but I would imagine because, you know, there is, there is the fact of running into people who you uh, deeply respect and deeply, um, you know, admire their work. You know, there's that that's yeah, going absolutely. on. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering, you know, I wish we had a, a session where we could have a caller, um, you know, call in about how the virtual experience was, because I think virtual experiences have really cha have changed some of that, um, that social anxiety that people can experience, you know what I'm saying? Being in yeah. person. So, well, so it I may think be me. It may be me soon because I, we registered for it and uh -huh. then I was just, because we had registration from last year, right? Right, right, right. Um, right. And then I just didn't go. I just had uh -huh. too much. I was grading. I was um, right, right, right. living my life. I was getting vaccinated. And right. so well, that's important. Yeah. yeah. And so I had a lot going on. But but I think I think that everything, if you registered, you still have access to all the sessions. Oh, so you can go see so them. I might still oh, like for professional okay, development okay, okay. and for personal interest might still go back and, and check the conference out. Yeah, I like that. And and speaking of, you know, can I just borrow? Can I just borrow your sign in? Look at me. <laughs> kind of like a net, like a Netflix. Will you just loan me? Will you loan me your pay your login and password? And I can just yeah. kind of <laughs> I'm just I'm joking. <laughs> But, yeah, unofficially, but no. Uh, officially, no. Right. Unofficially, let's talk offline. Uh, right, exactly. <laughs> right, right. Officially, we would we would never take advantage of our our sole industry standard by no. Um, but at the same time, no. That's really interesting what you say. I like that. That that I would say would be the biggest advantage to getting. Um, you know, conference, you know, uh, registration, right. Is being able to go back and watch some of these really important conversations. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, that, I, I didn't know that that was, I didn't know they were archiving everything. You know what I mean? I mean, um, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I like think that. so. I'm not, I'm not sure if it's full, permanently archived or if it's, um, that you could have watched it through the end of the conference, but I'm going to check it out and I'll, I'll report back for sure. You report back. Okay. I would love, yeah. I would love that. A report back. Right. Exactly. So AWP, but you know what? What we are excited about is AWP next year, right? We oh uh, my goodness, oh my goodness! Here we go. So for those we who can't don't even, know, go ahead, go I ahead. I mean, we no. I'm just gonna say we can't. We can't even. I'll get excited just even mentioning that this is kind of like the talk of ice cream. You know what I'm saying? For me, it's just like what ice cream. Like all the little sensors in my brain go off. Go ahead. Yeah. So for those who don't know, AWP next year, AWP 22 is scheduled to be in Philadelphia, uh, which Indeed. is a city that we both love, love, love uh, it. Live for and it. so many of our our writing friends are up there. Uh, we've recorded yes. from Philly. Um, we have Jamie Fountain. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so and it's right up the road from us. So we are really, yeah. really hyped about AWP next year and what it means for yeah. us. They'll and certainly it probably be, will be. And we're assuming it's not going to be virtual. That's part of the reason why we're so, we're, we're going to assume that it's going to be face to face. That's what we're assuming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 With things I mean, moving forward, we definitely hope it's face to face. It would be a real right. shame if it was canceled or or right. digital um, in yeah, March going digital. Oh, man. I mean, you want to talk about woo, depression. If if <laughs> if AWP 2022 goes virtual, uh, you're going to you're going to need to send me like St. John's Ward or something. I don't know. You're going to need to send me something to uplift my spirits because I will be sad. Yeah. Agreed. Me yeah. too. But we're yeah. excited. We're going to see our friends. I'm sure there'll be a big, big representation of the Baltimore lit scene up in Philly yep. because there's so many connections between the cities. Yeah. 
And let's uh, be honest, you know, because they always say that New York is the epicenter of publishing, which I don't know, you know, I mean, what, how do you, uh, I hate to, I hate to agree with that statement, right? You know what I'm saying? Cause all the big five and you yeah. know, whatever they, they sort of say that New York is the epicenter. And usually because of that East coast AWPs are generally very heavily attended. You understand yeah, by, yeah. by, by all industries, not just, ba- you were talking about you know, local, local Baltimore writers are going to, definitely going to go, but it's also that East coast AWPs, whether it's DC, Philadelphia, New York, you know what I'm saying? All of those are always very heavily attended. Yeah. Yeah. And that is true. New York is the epicenter of mainstream publishing, I mean, but also we, these East coast cities also have thriving independent publishing scenes. So Philly's got a great one. Baltimore's got a great one. DC's DC, got a good one. Yeah. Yeah. DC does, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Pittsburgh has got a rad scene, um, and right. so they do. Yeah, Good it's mention. a chance that's yeah. in everyone's backyard, and so I think it's going to be a, a rowdy time for lit and for the scenes and for offsite readings are going to go crazy. I'm sure. I cannot. Oh wait. yeah. Oh yeah. Forget about. It. I mean, I need a. I need a. I need vacation days. I need proper vacation days to go to AWP next year. <laughs> like not just your normal. Like oh Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Like I'll be like uh no. Like maybe Tuesday to next Tuesday would be like yeah. a whole week. You know, of celebration would be Getting fantastic. Early, uh, caucusing, doing the caucuses. Oh yeah, uh, right. Time to time to nurse a hangover afterwards. Well, you said it, not me. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to act like that's not part of my excitement for going. But, um, you know, just the book fair and so many books available. <laughs> I'm going to say that. I'm going to uh, say that. OK, no. But for real, though, one thing that has been an issue everywhere except D.C. is, you know, the final day of AWP, everyone's getting rid of collateral so they don't have to of ship course. it home. Yeah. And so if you get the final day of the book fair, people are literally giving away books. You just I walk mean, through, fill up boxes of independent lit. And yeah. swag. And normally, I mean, like, oh, dang, I have to fly home with that. But if you're right. driving, that's going in the trunk of the car. It is. It is, my friend. And I, I don't know about you, but the first thing I learned when I was a wee bit, a wee bit poet is that uh, <laughs> the best thing to do, my friend, is to save your money until mm-hmm. that last day. Of, yep. Now, of course, of course, sometimes you want to support uh, friends and you want, you know what I'm saying? And you want to buy their their book full price. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You want to support their their press and you want to support them. But I mean, man, that last day, it's like a fire sale, friend. It's like blue light <laughs> special. You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah, like, yeah. it's like get in there, get them all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it is a wild time. Um, I'm I can't wait. Oh my god, Philadelphia! Here we come, yeah. Philadelphia, 2022. I, I, I'm I I mean we could just we should just label all the lip pop bangs like you know AWP you know 2022. We should just I mean we're just we're we're, th- we're that excited. We'll have, that a, we'll have a countdown to fil- to AWP 2022. Ooh yeah, <laughs> we could we could start that. Okay, people, we're getting a little crazy. Getting a little crazy. Cool. Let's talk pop culture. Uh, oh pop my goodness. So, so, so it's been much, a few months, so, so there's pop. plenty to talk about, right? There is. I know you're right. You're totally right about that. Um, so the big one, let's see, going on the last few weeks, the big one is the interview, right? The Meghan yeah. Markle Oprah interview, oh, which I know you goodness. watched and live tweeted. What do you think about it? I did watch and live tweet. Um, I mean, there's just so much to say. For those of you who don't know or aren't interested, that's cool if you're not. You know what I'm saying, people? I mean, you don't have to be interested in, uh, you know, royal family news. But anyway, Oprah Winfrey interviewed Meghan Markle and the the Duchess of Sussex. You know what I'm saying? Is um, she and still pr- or did they give up that title? I mean, listen, I, I here. So here's what I, 
Don't get me started. You're gonna you're gonna get me all riled up. She's still the freaking Duchess of Sussex, no matter what the royal family tries to do. Okay, She's, that's a, yeah. But okay, but, okay. but to answer your question though, actually the the technical part of it, I don't know if she had to relinquish the title because of the whole family thing. But mm-hmm. anyway, going back to what uh, listeners need to know, um, you know, Oprah Winfrey inter- interviewed Meghan Markle. We'll just keep we'll, we'll leave off the Duchess of Sussex that I enjoy saying so much. And uh, Prince Harry came on at the end. The interview was two hours long. Um, the interview, apparently uh, Meghan contacted Oprah and said that she wanted to speak her truth. A lot of uh, the UK tabloids have been um, having a firestorm of things that they've been saying about her. So she wanted to sort of set the story straight and sort of give her um, take on everything that had happened since they had exited. They call it Megxit. I mean, if y'all really <laughs> want to get down with the with the language, you know, they call it Megxit. I think uh, I think that's a little a little a little wild for labeling. But anyway, um, she wanted to give her own um, perspective on what had happened since they had left the UK. Um, and there was a lot. There was, I mean, the interview was much more um, uh, detailed than what I would have ever guessed. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? It was one of those things where um, at the beginning, Oprah started off by saying that there were no contracts uh, written, that no topics were off off the table. And when she said that, I said, what? I said, wait a minute. Nobody signed. (laughs) He leaned in. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I said, well, wait a minute. Let me let me pull out some popcorn. Wait a minute. Nobody. (laughs) Well, you know, because how many interviews you understand what I'm saying? How many real technical official celebrity interviews are had without an agreement saying, hey, we're not going to talk about this or this or that. So um, the interview started off just, you know, immediately saying that there was going to be a lot of tea spilled. um, And I was here for it. Apparently um, the the stats or the early stats were that there were 17.1 million viewers uh, for the show that it was one of the most watched. um, It came underneath the Super Bowl. Of course, everybody was watching the, the, you know, the crazy Super Bowl, but it was one of the most watched um, shows in a long time. Of course, they compared it to Oprah interviewing Michael Jackson and mm. I don't know, um, you know, other other really epic interviews. But a lot of people were sitting at home um, watching this. And um, the base, the basic stuff is that, you know, um, she told she, she revealed the gender of the baby, um, told that they were going to have a girl. But I think the biggest thing uh, she talked about the drama with Catherine, which I'm not going to review that we don't. I mean, that was small T, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. That it actually was Catherine that made her cry and not that she made Catherine cry. But the biggest the biggest uh, negative tidbit that we got from the interview was this bit about uh, someone in the family being worried and referring to being worried about the skin color of Archie, who is their young um, son that was born. So that was like, that was the biggest piece, Um, you know, and, and I think the shocker from what I can tell from Twitter, you know, uh, all of Twitter was pretty shocked that, um, that she would, that she, A, it happened and B, she would admit it. Those two things. Right. You know, she didn't name it. She didn't name any names, by the way. She didn't say who said it. Right. Yeah. Because Traditionally, we get a very closed view of the royal family. And when we get stuff like this, it's small leaks and it's politeness, not wanting to reveal names or point fingers. And so for her to be wide open is is uncommon for us to get a chance to view. Yes, yes. And, you know, originally they went to Canada. I guess that was the the first place they went after they left the UK. And Mm -hmm. uh, now they're uh, they're safely ensconced in California. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know that uh, California is a (laughs) is a safe place for the for the Duke and the Duchess to be ensconced. But that's where they're at. And, um, you know, it was a a lot of really interesting information. But I think the race part, um, which is always at play. 
I, I, I mean, whether we're talking about the UK or the United States, um, you know, race is always at play in the politics of what goes on in uh, people's lives. So I think they, we, uh, audience members and uh, people watching the interview were really interested to hear about uh, this idea that someone in the royal family verbally voiced that they were worried about the, the color of the skin of Archie, how dark yeah. his skin would be. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And a lot of people are saying, like, given, you know, the imperialism of yep. and the colonialism of the UK, yep. it shouldn't be surprised. But to hear it, to confirm it, is yeah. something we don't get very I often. Mean, I mean, total trash. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to go on record and just and just say, what? Like, I mean, you know, I mean, people really and I mean, in 20, we're in the 21st century, people really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but but at the same time, it's it's not all that surprising to me. I, I think um, <laughs> I think a lot of people of color felt like it was not that surprising to hear that comment. Um, you know, we I mean, we've just had a whole year of of uh, protests for Black Lives Matter. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yep. I think I think I think it's not the the racial issues and problems that America and, um, and Britain uh, face are uh, are not hidden. I think it's just uh, maybe a little bit of a shock when we hear it out loud. Yeah, you know what exactly. I'm saying? A little bit of a shock to the system. But, um, you know, on a lighter note, um, you know, what I thought was more interesting and kind of weird is that she said she never Googled um, when she was dating uh, Prince Harry. She never Googled the royal family. And I thought, girl, what? 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 What era are you living in, girl? Did you? I mean, I mean, let's face it. If I was dating. You know, I could have been dating a bookstore owner and I would Google the bookstore. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I would be like, what books do they sell? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, How profitable yeah. is the business? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what, what? I mean, I would I would want to know. I mean, if you're dating, if you're dating someone, people, you know, the the normal thing nowadays is to look all this stuff up on the internets. You know, but she said, she said, no, I didn't even know. I, I didn't even know that I would have to curtsy to the queen when I met. Girl, what? You didn't, that, you didn't know you'd have. That's wild. I mean, right. That's and I felt like maybe a skosh disingenuous. I felt I felt like, girl, are you giving us the truth here? Or are you spinning your own little <laughs> little cute, you know, web? Yeah, What's really yeah. going on? You know what I'm saying? Because I'm going to tell you, like I said, and you know me, I am not I am not a I am not a technology uh, buff, but I can tell you I would have Googled the royal family very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. To see yeah. what was really going on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not uh, married right. to a member of the royal family and I've done plenty of Googling of them in the last few years. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Exa right. And that's what, exactly what I'm saying. I mean, if you date me and you don't if you don't Google stalk me, I'm offended. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to. You know you're going to have read I, my I, book if you're going to date me. Uh. I mean, well, you should have at least stalked a poem or two. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you just you just you, you have you have to have a little something in your pocket is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. And and Megan being like, no, I didn't know. You know, I didn't know how to curtsy. You know, um, I had to learn. She said you had to learn the royal anthem, uh, whatever their uh, I, I guess Britain has a uh, the UK has a royal anthem that I didn't know about. She had to um, learn that on her own. And I just kind of thought, really, girl? But anyway, I mean, you know, stranger things have happened. Maybe she's telling the truth. Who knows? Um, I, yeah, it, yeah. Uh, it can be fair that she's telling the truth or this is part of the mythology of Meghan Markle that any celebrity oh. builds. Oh, there oh. it is. I mean, it, right, right. You were like, oh, the mythology of Meghan Markle. I think that should be the title of this podcast. Uh, I think that's it. What, might be. It might be. It may be. It may be. But we've got but we've got other pop culture news to talk yeah, about. Besides, yeah. So total shift, of Royals. Total right. shift of pace. Right. Uh, yes. WandaVision. Let's talk WandaVision. Have well, you seen it? 
Wait, no. Okay. First of all, no, I haven't seen it. But even bigger, I tweeted, and I don't know if you saw that. I tweeted that I had no clue what WandaVision I did. even was. I did was. see that you tweeted okay, this a okay, couple weeks I ago. Was like, yeah. And a few people were like, yeah, me neither. Me neither. Me. Because I was like, what is, so I'm very glad to be enlightened by you about <laughs> this show. Yeah, I was, um, I was, uh, I, I laughed out loud and I almost wrote you a several tweet thread to tell you all about WandaVision. No, it's better um, to do I it figured... here on the podcast. Right. <laughs> Great. Yeah. It's... All right. So WandaVision, you've not seen it. You've not read anything about it except for what no. you couldn't avoid on Twitter, Zero. right? No, yeah. Right. Exactly. What I could ascertain on Twitter. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. So WandaVision is uh, Disney and Marvel Cinematic Universe's latest uh, installment. It is a limited series, the 10 episode series or a nine episode series uh-huh, on uh-huh. Uh, Disney Plus is the only place to find it. Oh, I'm locked out because I'm not elite like you and don't have Disney Plus. Oh, I see yeah, what's yeah. going on. Okay. It's behind the paywall. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 Um, okay. okay. So it um, it has sort of a production value of a big blockbuster film and um, a really brilliant cast. Um, Paul Bettany, um, Elizabeth Olsen, uh, really great cast. Um, and they're taking Wanda Maximoff, who um, is a character that's appeared in several of the films. Uh and Vision, uh, who is the android who's built in some of the films, and it puts him in this limited series, and it's super weird, and that's why people are digging it. It is unlike anything else in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It is not an action flick. It's not an action series. Okay. Um, and so it's completely wild. And so I don't want to give too much away, but to give you the premise of the show... Uh-huh. Um, we start in a, like a 1950s sitcom and there's no context for why we're here or why okay. we're seeing Marvel characters okay. in a 1950s sitcom. Um, and uh, it sort of unravels from there. It's like, why are we in like an I Love Lucy episode, um, but with Marvel characters? And it just keeps mm. getting weirder and weirder for them. And it has all these hints and ties to other parts of the series but also things outside of the series um Mm. and uh it's it's just it's brilliant and people are loving it because it is so weird um Mm. but you're not a disney plus person well i don't have it no i mean i i don't yeah i don't have yeah we don't have disney disney plus but it's not always just do you have Disney Plus? It's do you have someone who has Disney Plus? Like like you oh, said, oh, you're asking, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, do I have access? Yes, okay, yes, of course I have access. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, it's worth checking out. It's really, it's. I know you know you're not like a Marvel person, um, but I have seen, but I have seen, right, but I have seen a few of them. So yeah, I mean, you see like Black Panther and right. like Endgame and those big ones. Yeah, right? a couple. Yeah, yeah, a couple. Right. That's what I'm saying. So I so I have a little knowledge there. So I feel like okay, I may be able to enjoy this okay keep going so uh yeah so uh, that's a good question though is if you're not a marvel person can you enjoy it and i think the reason it's making such a splash is the answer is yes is that right. it's so weird you, and right. unique and that's built for like. newcomers that's what it sounds like that's that's what actually what i'm getting from what you're saying is that i won't this won't be one of those weird situations where i sit down to a science fiction or something and people have to explain a bunch of stuff to me i don't like that i don't like that yeah. I, I get very i'm like oh my gosh i should have known all this stuff now I need a dictionary. Now I need to learn all of these vocabulary <laughs> words. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. don't like that. I don't, you know. So it sounds like this series actually is something that people who um, don't have a lot of knowledge about um, about the Marvel Universe can even come and, and enjoy this. 
I think that's exactly right. Yeah, it's built yeah. for an audience of newcomers. It's got yeah. Easter eggs tucked through it for right. hardcore fans, right? Right, right. But it's right. built that's with right. a new audience in mind. Right. Um, of course, uh, I, I can't go on without mentioning that uh, Catherine Hahn is in it, and she steals the show. She mm. absolutely steals the show um, in every scene she's in. She's incredible, um, and she's she's an actress who's so outside of the, the normal sort of Marvel thing that it Mm. seems weird at first. Um, but she, I think a lot of people find that she's one of the things that makes the show so worth watching. Um, Mm. And some other cool uh, cast people in too. So Kat Dennings, who is really charming, and she's in uh, the Thor movie. She's in it, um, and then I Randall think Tiana Clark. Paris is in it. I've heard. I've heard. Yeah, people she say, is. Yeah, um, and yeah. she plays a major role in it, um, and uh, sort of it's introduced as a new major figure, maybe in the yeah. Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, Randall Park, who's been in a whole bunch of comedy, is in it as well, and he's um, you know charming and attractive and funny as always as well so just absolutely brilliant cast so weird so interesting um and that that's ended um and so you can watch all nine episodes now um oh and that's because disney's about to introduce their next big one so um this year oh, so they wait have, a minute. go ahead wait a minute i'm already i'm already too late i'm already, you're you're like that's over you're like wandavision is over now so if you haven't so is it too late is it too late for me to be in on all the i mean if i watch it now is it too late for me to be in on all the i don't know conversation whatever is it i don't know tough to say because i think oh. it's it's a major property that's gonna make a lot of waves um mm. and it's worth checking out worth watching but the series is completed it was a limited nine episode series right um, and uh as as much of a splash as it's made you know disney and marvel have this really specific calendar of things they're rolling out and so um mm. i think it's still worth, go back and worth watching and i think like it's been hard to watch it on a weekly release right to have to mm. wait a week like we used to back in the day um, yeah and so it'll be really nice to actually if you go back and watch all nine episodes at once because right um several right. Are, are compelling enough that you just can't wait to the next episode right 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 great Awesome. But, but you know, the, um, the Disney sort of has wrapped up that and it's because they're moving on to the next property. So by the time our episode goes live, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier there it will is. be released. Yeah, um, I'm excited about that. And you and you probably wouldn't guess that, but I'm excited about that because of Anthony Mackie. Yeah, he's he's beautiful and he's such a great actor. And I mean, um, I have been Anthony Mackie stan for a long time (laughs) and 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 not just because he's and not just because he's beautiful, which he is. But he is a really um, he delivers in so many different ways that are really interesting to me. He's one of those actors that um, can be in weird and funny and, you know, even a romantic role or what. You know what I mean? He can do a lot of different things, which is pretty um, interesting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's weird to have him cast as an action star. It I is. think he can do so much more than just action star. Yeah. Yeah. No, he can't. Oh, he definitely. Oh, he's but but he's also good in that kind of, uh, you know, steely faced, you know, <laughs> kind of, you know, semi buff, you know what I'm saying? Sort of yeah. uh, individual. <laughs> he's like, you know, no disrespect to him. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying yeah, I'm not kicking, not saying he's not, uh, you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying he's a little smaller in stature sure. than sure. than a Dwayne The Rock Johnson. But, um, you know, he's also in the show um, that my hubs loves to watch uh, that altered car. Carbon, you know what I'm saying? He's also oh, in yeah. that. Did you enjoy and, that? 
Um, yes, I like I like it's it's that is also a very it, very interesting. Very I haven't watched all of it, but um, but yes, I do enjoy that actually. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always surprised to hear that. It's a sort of weird sci-fi that seems outside of uh, what you normally talk about loving. So it's interesting yeah, that there, you've enjoyed it. Yeah, there there are there are ones that that oddly creep their creep their way in. You know what I'm yeah. saying to my like favorites, and and a lot of them have to do with like computers or I don't know. Like there there's there's a there's a bend to what the the, the area that I like to you know if it's going to be sci-fi, but that just happens to be um, one of them. So anyway, but the point is getting back to. Yeah. Right. To the Winter so, Soldier. Yeah. The Falcon. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. I um, I think the, uh, he's brilliant. Um, I love both these characters, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And the series is about, um, you know, filling that role of Captain America uh, after Captain America has retired. Um, and yeah. uh, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, the early, early hints at the series have suggested that it's going to talk about race and what it means to be. Oh, no, that's uh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, I think people are wow. nervous about it. Um, a few of the episodes are written, directed by black writers, um, and a few aren't. And so I think people are nervous about what it's going to say, but it has the potential to, mm. yeah, I think, be exciting or be an absolute flop because of that. But right. we don't right. get a lot of that, you know? Like, I think um, I think Black Panther talks about blackness, but we don't get a lot of talking about race and racism in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And so we I'm, don't. Um, right. I, I'm so interested I'm, to see if they can do it. Yeah. And so people are comparing it to Iron Man. And so, you know, Iron Man, Captain America, but, you know, um, it's, it's, it stands to it, it. It promises to be um, interesting on a number of different levels, especially the race stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm really excited to to see it for that. Um, and you, you mentioned uh, you mentioned uh, Iron Man and yeah. uh, I can't wait uh, for a few. I think next year or the year after we're getting. um yeah, I think a series, um, not a movie. We're getting a series of Ironheart. Um, and Ironheart is a story of a young black girl who takes over the mantle from Iron Man and becomes Ironheart. Um, oh. Yeah, really, really cool story. Really rad character, Riri Williams. Um, oh. And we're getting that oh. in a couple years, too. And so wow. cool. I think the whole sort of Marvel Cinematic Universe is shifting towards... Yes. Um, sort of the next generation and yes, talking about be. questions of identity as they do that. Right. Um, exactly. Exactly. That honey, that Gen Z ain't playing like, <laughs> as I, as I always say, you know, no disrespect to, to you all, the, yeah. you know, millennials and elder millennials, no disrespect, but Gen Z is not, they're not playing. So they're smart. They're smart to be making this shift. Very smart. Yeah. Absolutely. Very and, smart. you know, to, to tie back to, to literature, um, Ironheart, one of the early writers of that character is Eve Ewing. Um, oh, and yes. So, right, right, right. And right, so it'll okay, be really right. cool to see sort of this line yes. drawn from where we're at now with WandaVision through Falcon Winter Soldier all the way through Ironheart and Armor Wars. It's going to be really I'm not a Marvel stan, but maybe I'm becoming one. Um, Ooh, look yeah, at you. it's um, I mean, we'll see. We'll see if they can do it. We'll see if they can do there it. There it is. I love it. And we're back with the bang portion, folks. And we're here today to examine kind of a double pronged bang, kind of yeah. a two. Uh, yeah, we, we instead of just going with one, we went with two. Um, there's been a lot of talk. We talked at the beginning of the show a lot about the pandemic, a little bit about the pandemic, where we've been. You know, we've been kind of gone on a little bit of a hiatus. We apologize for not leaving you guys the note. Right. But here we are at the one year kind of 
I don't know, anniversaries. It feels weird to call the pandemic a one-year anniversary, but um, we're at a one-year uh, we, we've been in this thing for one year is what I would sort of say. And so the question for Bang, we, we have two questions that we both sort of are going to answer. The first part of that question is, what is your pandemic, your favorite pandemic watch? That's the first part of the question. Oh, wow. So the whole year, the favorite thing I've watched yeah. while we've been inside. Well, you know, I've watched a lot. I, I had dreams that this year would be my most productive year ever. I'd write several books and wow. I'd become fluent in Spanish. Wow. And what I found myself was I watched way more TV. Uh, <laughs> and I got stuff done, you know, I, 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 I moved forward on my dissertation. I got a new uh, job. I got some poems written. You but... can't, you can't have those high expectations that they come back and say, uh, but what I realized is that, yeah, yeah. that I did a couple of productive things and mostly watched a whole yeah, bunch of TV. Yeah. I was as right. productive as I've normally been. Um, and I watched a right. lot more TV, but I right. watched a lot. I watched some, some classics, but my favorites were both new things. So, I, when I think of the things that really um, broke into to things I've been thinking about all year, I mentioned earlier on the podcast a couple series. One, Undone. Um, oh, yeah. Which is a weird, like, rotoscope animated uh, drama with some, like, magical realism in it. But, like, really literary, really character-driven, um, just complex, thoughtful, maybe even cerebral show um that i absolutely loved and then uh around the same time i also watched this tales from the loop which is an anthology series it's based on this art book um and they adapted it to this anthology storytelling thing um on amazon um it's it's weird sci-fi but it's um it's quiet and small sci-fi which i think can often mm. be my favorite sort of sci-fi so, mm. yeah, that, those are my favorite Tales from the Loop and Undone. What about you? Wow. That was kind of like, too. OK, so I there, I mean, I just uh, I will say, too, I have also been watching a lot of <laughs> a lot of television uh, over the during the pandemic. And I guess I did. I have high goals about what I would get. A con I don't know if they were quite as high as you. I mean, getting fluent in Spanish is pretty. That's a pretty big one, um, I got to say. But uh, I don't think I don't think my goals were as high as yours were, although I feel the same as what you said is um, I've published poems. I've done um, writing a column. There's lots of things that I've done in the pandemic that I think are um, notable. I will use that word. But I have like you said, I have been also watching a lot of TV. I will mention maybe two, three. I don't know. Anyway. So my number one, that's m super recent is a documentary actually called black art in the absence of light. Um, and that is a, that's like a documentary all about, um, African-American visual art. Um, Ooh, and, nice. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I haven't seen anything like that in a long while. I, I, I mean, I've seen other documentaries that have included black, um, African-American visual artists, but not one uh, specifically done on contemporary, mostly contemporary um, African-American visual artists. So there were a lot of my favorite people in there. Amy Sherald, as everybody, everybody knows, one of my favorite. Kehinde Wiley was in there. Um, it's really about David Driscoll, whose work is also amazing and being sort of uh, the, the pioneer uh, for African-American and curating one of the big, large, largest African-American um, exhibitions. But um, mentioning a lot of people, Carrie Mae Weems, Kara Walker, uh, Carrie James Marshall, um, just a lot of people who are really influential uh, in the art world. And I have never seen their work kind of focused on in a way that it was really, uh, subs, you know, 
I, I, I got a really full feeling um, from, you know, watching, like I said, just watching this documentary. So that's a documentary. That's not like pure entertainment. Um, so that was one of my favorites during the pandemic. I also watched um, Rami. I'm sure a lot of people have heard about that. Um, mm. Rami, that was at the beginning towards the pandemic, uh, talking about being... Um, you know, uh, Muslim in America um, was kind of interesting for a young male and talking about his romantic sort of uh, uh, escapades. I'll use that word. <laughs> escapades is a word I'll use. <laughs> but it also has a very comedic bent that I really, really enjoyed. And another one of my favorites, last but not least, uh, was Mrs. America, which really talked about oh, yeah. um, the feminist, feminist movement, uh, you know, in the late 60s, 70s, you know, uh, and into the 80s, whatever, um, here in America with a lot of really influential influential women, um, historical women. Um, but obviously this was a drama, um, you know, played, uh, Kate Blanchett was in it and, uh, just a lot of people, uh, it was just a really great series and informative series. So I guess there are three for me, you know, the Rami is kind of like comedy. Um, the black art is documentary and the Mrs. America is like historical fiction, I guess we could call it. So yeah. yeah, dramatized history. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I watched that when I watched Mrs. America, and it was so oh, good. Cool. It was so so yeah. good, and and yeah. brilliantly cast. And um, I, they they do their best to talk about those complexities, like the complexities like real politic and and what we do for power, um, and how we sell out values for power. And um, it's it's good and it's complicated, and they make these these historical figures come to life in amazing ways. I loved right. it. Exactly. Agreed. Agreed. Fantastic. I mean, like, yeah, there were. Yes, there's there's been tons of stuff, though, on TV, tons of stuff. But there also is another bang question. You can go ahead and introduce that one. Oh, yeah. We wanted to. We were talking about the things we watched this year and our favorite watches of the year. But we also like, you know, we've been reading all year and I've been reading. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. I think really luckily one thing that I have been doing, I've been reading way more, which is really lovely. Um, So let's go there, too. What is your what is your read of the year? The the thing you most appreciated uh, your favorite? favorite read over the last year so i will say easily i i'm not going to even i'm not going to no disrespect to all of the wonderful books that i have read in (laughs) in this 365 day period because there and there are many let me let me also say there are many um both local and national but the one that totally stands out for me is zadie smith's intimations oh yeah Um, i mean it's tiny (laughs) and it is it is to me I won't say her best work because I mean, I I, I can't, it's different. It's different because it's a volume of essays and it's really a volume of essays. that really speaks very, um, very soberly about uh, the pandemic and this idea of, of, of America being united and, and, and being accountable to one another. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It it was the most surprise. It was also the most surprising to me um, that it's so tiny and it just, it's one of those volumes that is going to be a touchstone for me, both in the way that it talks about um, race, gender, class, class is a big thing um, in intimations. Um, The Zadie Smith is sort of talking um, very candidly about what she sees as the problems um, both in America, in the UK and globally about how we are related to one another as humans. Um, so that by far, I mean, I don't know how many pages the book might have only been like 160 pages or I don't know how long it was, but it was very tiny and very chock full of, I just don't know, like just wonderful stuff. Just That's wonderful. amazing. I, mean, I, just, I really can't, I can't, I, I mean, I was blown away. Someone told me about it. Um, friend of mine, uh, told me about it and I was like, Oh, you know, Zadie Smith, I have all of her work at home and I love her as a, you know, as a fiction writer, yada, yada. This, this blew me out of the water. 
yeah, yeah, you know, this has been in sort of my back burner on my like one of my lists for a long time. Um, and so I, I might have to move it up. Right. You know, I love yeah, I love essay collections, particularly yeah. like these um, sort of uh, thought experiments talking about a topical issue essays. Um, and I love Zadie Smith. So I might have to move it way up. I mean, it it's, it, it's so quick. It's so easy. But I mean, it's just like one of those things you'll be like, oh, Actually, oh, I was wrong. Oh, by the way, uh, 112, I just Googled 112 pages, friend. Oh, super, super yeah. small, super small. I mean, but you will just be like, wow. I mean, you'll, you'll need a highlighter. You'll need a highlighter for this one. <laughs> yes. Great. Yes. I'm moving it up. I'm, I'm moving right. it up. I'm going to. There gonna, it is. In the next month, I'll be done with it. We'll talk about it in a okay, future so, episode, maybe. So what's yours? What's, oh what's my God. your favorite? So, I don't know. It's tough to narrow it down. You know, I've um, I've done so much more reading this year. It's been really lovely. Right. Um, I, I've read. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I've read a lot of new work um, and a little fantastic new work. Um, I yeah. just finished Detransition Baby, which I think a lot of people are talking about. Yeah. I read Jakira Diaz's Ordinary Girls. I read oh, um, cool. a, a smaller book on a smaller press. I read Pass with Care. Um, mm. It's a personal essay from Cooper Lear Bombardier, but. I, I've loved all those. I've enjoyed all those. Um, but I've also like, I think when I put like my favorites of the last year, they're both older books that are my favorite reads. So I read Parable of the Sower this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, for the first time, I hadn't read it. It's been on my list for forever. Yeah. I think you um, mentioned that on the podcast before. Yeah. 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 And, you know, it's it's a time to read it. It's about um, it is. a world falling apart. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, so it feels it's timely. timely. Yeah. And then, you know, in, in its sequel, she actually says some things that are so close to uh, how the last four year looks that it's really eerie and prophetic yeah exactly um, and so yeah i definitely put that i think the the thing i've it's been affected me most of the last year mm. and then i also read um uh homage to catalonia um yeah okay orwell's homage to catalonia yeah. it's this, um time not in read spain that. it's it's really incredible so he mm. he, he as you know uh, as a british citizen um went and fought in the spanish civil war yeah and uh, yeah, I joined didn't know that part a coalition of anarcho-communist resistors to fascism um, and, like, was part of this, like, super national army that resisted fascism in Spain. Um, mm -hmm. And it's a really, really interesting book that felt really timely when we're talking about fascism and anti-fascism. And so... That that I might move that onto my list, friend. Yeah. That, that, that... I love that um, suggestion. I... I have heard of this this before, but I have not. Of course, I've read the, you know, 1984. Sure. Um, but I, I've not read. Uh, yeah. Homage to Catalonia. OK. Yeah. You know, I think is. a lot of people, you know, like, of course, read a lot of Orwell, but it's not a, a book that's often um, at the top of people's list when they read Orwell. So I would agree. Um, yeah. Feels yeah. timely. Feels worth, worth checking out for sure. And and also, you know, in addition to this list that we're sort of making here and talking about our faves for the pandemic, a lot of people who have been on the podcast have also released books. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely should shout them out because it's been a good year for people who we've worked with and people doing yeah. amazing things. We got to show some love, man. So, of course, uh, our one of our most recent guests, Stephen Leva, uh, he dropped yes. his book over last year, The Understudies Handbook. It's this brilliant collection of poems. Uh, it's getting a yeah. lot of attention. I'm really, really glad with as hard as the year has been for writers making their debuts um that he's made sort of the splash this book deserves and so um really excited for him and for that book 
Right. Yeah. Like I said, and keeping in line with poetry, um, friend to the podcast and friend of mine, Terry Ellen Cross Davis. I have to get all of those names in when I say it. It's like saying it's like saying the Duchess of Sussex. Um, Terry Ellen Cross Davis um, has released her poetry volume uh, at the sort of at the end of, quote unquote, of the, you know, um, of the year um, period. But it's called A More Perfect Union. And um, I've also seen that collection come come to life uh, outside of of uh, the podcast and and the world. And it's really nice to see uh, her collection of, she's got goddess poems in there. She's talking about the constitution. Uh, She's talking about uh, people of color, black women's relationship to uh, what the country, what democracy should be for all people. Um, And it's really, um, you know, great volume of of poems. And I'm happy for her that it's out in the world. And also, oh, both of these uh, books are also prize winners. We should also note note that as well. Right. So 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 we're published through prizes and I'm really, really honored to say that that Terry and I are now pressmates because yes, right, I forgot book, about that. Right, yeah, right, right. her books through Mad Creek Books, yes. which is the literary imprint of the Ohio State University Press, uh, where my book was published. And so I'm really, really happy for Aww. for us to sh- to share a label and to be um, to be help help being part of uh, celebrating that book. It's really exciting right. to me. Awesome. Yeah. Also, uh, another guest who's had uh, a, a big splash this year, Danny Kane. Oh, uh, yes. Danny Kane appeared on our bookseller episode. Um, right. And we talked a bit then about this book that just recently dropped, How to Resist Amazon and Why. Um, yes. It's really making a big splash. People are paying attention to it nationally. I think he just had a write up in The New Yorker. Um, what? Yeah. They had a little illustration of him and his, his bookstore. What? Um, I'm jelly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We I told him wow. he has to use since since they took the time to illustrate him, he's got to use that as his his uh, avatar for all social media now. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, like, are, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> that would be my banner for months to come, honey. That would be it. Yes, yeah. Well, congratulations to Danny. Yeah, yeah. So, absolutely. I mean, I, so I exciting about that. Yeah, I'm going to have to look that up. And also, last but not least, friend to the podcast and friend of ours, Susan Durage's uh, new from her Farrah Rock series, uh, Farrah Rock Summer Break is out and uh, in the world and doing well. And like I said, that series is so um, I I mean, I hate to use this word because it sounds like small and pejorative, but it is adorable. I mean, the book is just, it's delightful. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, uh, a young Arab American um, girl, a story of her and her family and uh, protecting her brother and sort of the, uh, all the, and friends and and being at that age and uh, having friends and the foibles that go on there. It's just a really delightful series. And like I said, uh, you know, Susan is both uh, a a fiction writer and essay writer. Uh, She's published in a a number of genres, but uh, this uh, children's book series is just absolutely delightful. And uh, and in no way does adorable uh, sp- supposed to take anything away from that because adorable just really just means uh, cute. And it, it's a great series. And it's, I think, one of the first of its kind. Yeah, it's it's interesting because we both not being parents, we often, you know, yes. kids, kids books might fly under our radar. But I think Susan's doing something amazing in that her, I think so too. her writing for adults is talking about important issues and it's breaking new ground and super interesting, right. compelling. And then she's doing this children work, which is doing the same thing. It's interesting, yeah. compelling and perfectly timely children's yep. work too. And, and it's great to celebrate that. And so happy for her and for the fair rock yeah. series. 
And we're happy for all of our guests that are, are releasing books during during, quote unquote, the pandemic. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And and uh, like you said, kind of about Stephen's book is like, you know, it is hard for people to uh, promote these books. And I mean, people have to do Zoom tours. <laughs> I get I don't even know if you call them a Zoom tour, but but you know what I'm saying? Instead of a yeah, book tour, yeah, you're yeah, you're doing kind of a Zoom tour, you know, and I think it is making it more difficult, but we're really proud of people still um, able, you know, guests uh, from, from our show and also um, friends of the podcast in general, um, other writers uh, who are working on works. And we're hoping, wishing everybody success despite, um, you know, what's going on, what, what the country is coming out of in terms of uh, COVID-19. We're ha- happy that these books can still get some shine. Yeah, absolutely. Get the attention they deserve. Well, hey, welcome back. And thank you for having us back and for coming back to join us after this brief break. We, we got a great, great season lined yeah. up for you. Some really exciting guests. We're excited to be back. Thanks for having us. Thanks for not putting us in the doghouse, even though maybe you did. <laughs> even though maybe you did. Maybe, maybe you just kept us at the bottom of your podcast list. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that's what was going on. But we're back and we're happy that you still love us. And we can't wait to, to spend a year with you. So there thanks for joining us for this episode. As always. Always coming to you out of Baltimore. I'm Anthony. And I'm Cece. And this has been Lit Pop Bang. Bang.